going to tell you what Auburn could do to stand out and win SEC Media Days, if that's even a thing, on today's Locked On Auburn. Well, Zach, I, I actually just finished crushing some chicken farm, and I am freaking ready to rock and roll. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby, and thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. It's talking season. SEC Media Days are finally here, and joining us on the first day of Media Days is Lindsey Crosby, writer at AuburnDaily.com, host of Locked On MLB Prospects. He had a huge draft show last night. Be sure to go and check that out if you have not already. But, man, Lindsey, there's so many different angles that you could, I guess, attack SEC Media Days. And we're going to hit it in two different ways. We are going to discuss what Auburn can do to, quote-unquote, win SEC Media Days, whatever that means, but that's what a lot of people say. I get that question a ton when I hop on other radio shows. They're like, what can Brian Harson do to win Media Days? If that's a thing, we're going to tell you exactly what that is. Then also, probably the most important part of SEC Media Days, which is actually happening today. So first things first, Lindsay, and we'll open this up with your thoughts. What can Brian Harson and the Auburn Tigers do to quote-unquote win talking season, to win SEC Media Days this week? So I think what Brian Harson has to do is find a way to give some sort of response to the criticisms that people have of the program and really the concerns that the fans have. So if you go back and you think about in the offseason, the big thing we're hearing about right now is recruiting. That Auburn's not, Auburn didn't recruit to the right level last year and right. Auburn does not have the quantity in the program uh, from recruits that you're looking for. So... Like first, for Brian Harson to win media days, he has to find a way to acknowledge last year's performance and what's happened early this year while finding some way to demonstrate that they have taken concrete steps to make it better. So, so some th- sort that, of self-awareness there. Yeah, that, that's interesting because I've heard other people say that too. And I just think if he did that, if he got up to the main podium and somebody asked him, you know, Coach, what's different this year than, you know, 365 uh, days ago? And he went up there and said, we handled recruiting wrong. We didn't understand exactly what we were getting into, and we've adjusted. While that may be extremely transparent, and a lot of people would appreciate that, I think there's just as many people, Lindsay, that would lose their mind if he admitted that. But Dale from Boise would be on board with the explanation. No, no, no. I, so I don't think it has to happen exactly like that. Okay. I think what he needs to do is he needs to focus more on, don't go out there and say, that was bad. Go out there and say, you know, what's different now from a year ago? We've, we've had a full season now, a full cycle here in the SEC. And I've learned a lot about where I need to be strategic with my investments, yeah. both of my time, of our program's resources. One of the things we've done, we've brought in somebody from the NFL to help guide our scouting, both of recruits and of opponents, to guide our player development. We've done X and Y. We've realized the value of Trevon Reed uh, and found a way to get him involved at a, you know heavier in recruiting. Just kind of give some concrete things. Don't talk so much about last year 
versus talk about what you've changed and spin why the things you have changed are going to help. No, I, I like that. I like that. And then also, you know, circling back to, you know, talking about who they brought in from the NFL, that hire, it sounds like it was all about him scouting. A big part of his job will be scouting the transfer portal, which I think is interesting. Um, that certainly is going to be an investment where I think Auburn should be able to win those battles more so than these four and five star guys um, throughout the state where they're battling with Alabama and Georgia and, and Clemson and, and the like. And so I love that decision. And I think that's another thing where it's like Brian Harson can talk about jumping into the portal and, you mm-hmm. know, he went into the portal and got two quarterbacks. Like that's, that's probably the, when you zoom out, and you take away recency bias, that's probably one of the biggest storylines for Auburn over the course of the offseason. It seems like forever ago, but going into the portal and getting Zach Calzada and Robbie Ashford was really, really big. Whether it works out or not, it was really, really big for the Tigers. I think it's going to work out. But just you talk about impact and you talk about where this program is going, just, I mean, even after this season, going out and getting two quarterbacks is a big deal in the transfer portal. So, I think that's going to be something that he discusses. I don't know if that's necessarily how he quote-unquote wins SEC media days, but I think that's part of it. Do you agree with yeah, that? I do, and something that I think that he would be, it would be smart to mention this, and again, not going to win it, but it's just going to help, is to talk about how the story for Auburn has always been get guys on campus. Mm-hmm. Get these players to visit the university, and they're going to fall in love because Auburn is a unique place. Right. And so you talk about bringing in a new hire that's going to scout the portal, do a lot of work with the portal. Specifically mention, you know, these are the teams we have coming this year. You can't say player names. You can't talk about players who are on other rosters as far as recruiting. But talk about, you know, we're going to be paying attention. We're going to be watching the guys from Penn State who enter the portal. We're going to be watching the guys from Texas A&M who enter the portal. Because those people have been two-way game at Auburn. They have seen the atmosphere from the other side of the field, but they have seen it. And so kind of play up that like, hey, that's a strategy we're going to have. We're going to look for guys who have visited the university in a opponent capacity. And this is one of the many strategies we are using to approach the transfer portal um, this year. And I just, I think that showing a little bit of strategy and just being cognizant of, hey, here's our successes with the portal. We got two quarterbacks, which is one of the hardest things to do, I feel like, out of the portal, as well as we're going to put a renewed emphasis on it, can do nothing but help you when it comes to the perception of your program and accumulating talent, whether it's recruiting or through transfers. I mean, thinking back to media days last year, Harson impressed a lot of people, and he talked about culture. He talked about, you know, guys showing up late and having to really kind of overcorrect with that. He talked about things happening off the field. And that's what you're talking about. Things off the field. I'm going to pivot in just a moment and tell you why I think that's the wrong strategy and what I think he needs to do to win SEC Media Days in just a moment. Today's show is brought to you by our friends at LinkedIn Jobs. As the sun comes out and small businesses are back in business, LinkedIn Jobs makes it easier to grow your team. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the people you want to interview faster and for free. Look, they have tons of jobs available. It's easy to apply, and their, their search 
uh, feature as far as, you know, their filters and, and location and remote or in person or where you are in the country or your city. There's a ton of different things you can do to, um, to help find folks that want to work for you. So LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know that every week, nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? You can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Lindsey Crosby, I think what Brian Harson needs to do to win SEC Media Days is to talk solely about football and what he is doing on the field. Because to be frank right now, whether it's true or not, perception is reality when you talk about off-the-field things. And so whether he's talking about recruiting, whether he's talking about NIL, whether he's talking about you know activity and engagement in the transfer portal, it appears... Like Auburn is a step behind a ton of SEC programs that we will also hear from this week before we hear from Brian Harson and the Auburn Tigers on Thursday. I think what he needs to do is talk about nothing but competition at almost every position group this spring, this summer, and going into this fall and talking about the experience that they're bringing back and how close they were to really upsetting Alabama, the holding on against Mississippi State, and... I, you're just so close. You're so close to winning so many different games. And I think they need to talk about taking that next step. I think it needs to be all about what's happening on the field because right now that seems to be the only thing Auburn can control and potentially improve on over the next few months. That's, that's my thought on how we should approach this. So we have drastically different ideas, but I can see the value in what you're saying. And, and it's something where, you're in essence, you're you're taking what happened last year and you're talking about the things you have done to mitigate all of those weaknesses. So like you had a defensive collapse at the end of the Mississippi State game. You're not going to talk about the collapse, but you're going to mention... You can talk about how you, you know, fixed it. You fixed exactly. it with, with you getting more defensive backs. Fixed. Right. Your pass rush appears to be significantly better. You've got more depth up front. They didn't rotate a ton of guys up front last year. They fixed these things. They had yeah. quarterback issues after Bo Nix. Well, Bo Nix is gone. They went out and got two quarterbacks. I think that's the sales pitch. I think that's what he should talk about in front of the media on Thursday. I like the idea. I, I Part of me wonders, I think this all depends on what his audience is for media days. Who is Brian Harson talking to? Is he talking to the fans? Is he talking to his own locker room? Is he, like, is he talking to the administrators who are going to make the decision on his job in the fall? Who is he addressing? And I think based on who he's thinking about and who he's wanting to hear his message, that's probably who he tailors the message to. Um, I feel like you're probably closer than I am as far as what Brian Harson's likely to do. Because his, his MO the first year was, I'm just going to hammer football like all the time for everything. And I do think there would be value in sprinkling in a mention or two, a positive mention or two of things like NIL. That was one of the the big criticisms that was levied at him after the first season was not being open to NIL. Lindsay, I don't know if there is a positive note for NIL for him to sprinkle in there. I don't know if it's there. Hmm. There's a little bit of dysfunction when it comes to Auburn NIL. I do think I do think he'll mention if he's likely to mention it, he's probably going to mention the player led initiative. Yeah. Because he wants to show that as an administration, as a coaching staff, they are open 
to what these players are working to do to capitalize on their name, image, and likeness. He doesn't want to make it sound like we're dysfunctional about it, but he probably wants to show and answer some of the negative recruiting about the fact that he is, they are doing what they are allowed to do to facilitate these players taking charge and earning their money for their name, image, and likeness based off what they do on the field. I could see something like that, maybe. Do you? Th- how quick do you think he's asked about his podcast? I think somebody asks it. Okay, so caveat here. He gives very long answers. True. He's a monologuer. It's transcribing these things is rough. That's why I like baseball and Butch Thompson. Butch is in and out. He gives you what you need and he goes. Sure. Um, but I would imagine within the first four questions, you think I'm going to put four? the over under three and a half. Somebody is going to say, is going to ask a question about the podcast because they feel awkward because somebody asked him about him almost getting fired last year and the room gets a little weird. And so s- someone in the media is going to step up and try to like smooth it over a bit by talking about the podcast. So three and a half is the number here. Shout out to Bet Online for giving us that. I'm amazed they had a line for that. That's yeah, amazing. That's crazy. That's totally yeah. crazy. BetOnline.net. <laughs> Um, and then I, I think it's similar for the players as well. I think you talk about what's going to happen between the hashes this season, right? I, I think like with Tank Bigsby, you don't want, you don't want Tank to be asked about the rumors of him transferring this right. off season. Like you don't want that to even come up. Um, John Samuel Shanker, you want him to be asked in every room that he goes to, and there's a ton of rooms this year, so a lot of these guys are going to be asked the same question over and over and over again for different networks and, and, and all of that. You want him to be asked every single time, why did he choose to come back? Same with Derek Call. You want both of those guys to answer that question 40 times on Thursday because the answer is it gives them a chance to talk up Coach Harson and this program and what he's building and belief in what he's building and belief in what's in that locker room. You want every viewer and every listener whether it's through ESPN or Fox or CBS they all have multiple rooms or you know any of the locked on shows that are there or local radio throughout Radio Row you want all of them to hear that answer as much as possible because those are the two guys especially John Samuel Shanker those are the two guys though that have been the spokesman for belief from the player perspective of what Brian Harson is building at Auburn and this is the chance to me, it's all about what those guys say and how they say it. And just hearing those guys talk before, and John Samuel Shanker's come on the show multiple times, um, there's passion there. There's passion, there's belief, and there's conviction. And that's pretty powerful. Yeah, giving them an opportunity to to sell or to talk about what sold them on coming back for another year would be huge. Yeah, I do think John Samuel Shanker's probably going to get asked about setting some of the uh, tight end records at Auburn. He did set the uh, receptions and receiving yards last year. He's probably going to get asked if he if he's trying to break that or not. Uh, but no, I th- I what, do what, think what a silly question by the way because he's either going to be like yeah that'd be great but it's all about winning it's all about winning. yeah but yeah 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 I mean somebody will do it I'm not saying it's going to be a good a good no question. if we get a few if we get a few minutes I'll probably ask him that sure yeah, yeah. see there you go and then I imagine Derek Hall is going to get asked about some of the guys in his room about Ekuliota specifically I think that absolute be fun. unit. Just just absolute unit. And that's the only reason. I, like, I shoehorned that in here just so we could talk about him being an absolute unit. Because he is an absolute unit. Can't stress it enough. Yeah. But Tank, I think, is the big one. And I think hearing what he says, I have not 
had the pleasure of hearing Tank Bigsby speak to the media. So I don't necessarily know a lot about. I have not don't have a lot of expectations as far as what that's going to be. I just don't have any. They don't. They don't give them to us too often. They did it um, before the season a little bit last year, but during the season, I don't think we got Tank a whole lot. So that'll be good to see. Yeah, and I want to see. I think people are going to be looking for what he says about what's different this year versus last year. Because that question is going to come up about what is different this year. You have a new, you know, whether it's coordinators different, things like that. Uh, oh, if, if, he, I, if, I, if I get a chance to ask Tank a question, it will not be about Tank. It will be about the offensive line. Because to me, we all know what Tank is. We all know what Jarquez Hunter is. To some extent, I think we've got a pretty solid guess of what Damari Austin could be, just as far as the running yeah. back room. It's... But none of it matters unless the offensive line looks better. So to me, the first and most important question with Tank Bigsby isn't even about Tank. It's about the guys blocking for him. Yeah, and it's how do you feel about these guys? Uh, what are your, you know, what do you think is going to happen? Um, what's it look like in practice? That yep. kind of stuff. I I would be curious to hear just some of the backstory behind. Um, all of the guys and how Auburn is do handling that competition to yeah. figure out who are they going to be the top the top five linemen. Um, I'm not I'm not sure Tank can put a lot of a lot of words to that, but I'm sure he's going to get asked. Like you said, first question you probably would ask would be about the offensive line and how they look and his perception of them. At the same time, do we really expect him to say anything other than they look great? I mean, um, I don't know. I guess the story is if he doesn't, right? Yeah, that's why. And then I think him. also the story would be too is if he goes into detail gushing about a guy that we're not talking about in the top five. That's interesting. And it's like okay, you know, yeah, you're talking, he, you're going Cam on Stutz. about this dude. Yeah, right. Yeah, if he gushes about Cam Stutz or Jaleel Irvin or somebody like that, it's like, huh? Okay, right. I, I don't have him as a starter right now. That's interesting. Yeah, so that would be interesting. But I just, I don't. Ultimately, I don't think we're going to get a ton of new information from any of these three players. Yeah. But it's just, it's just going to be interesting to see what they say and kind of the directions they take and how how effusive they are with their praise for different things, whether it's Coach Harson, whether it's the position groups yep. they're in or the units they're working with. That's going to be the big tell here. So the most interesting thing across the entire week of SEC Media Days, uh, it's probably happening today, and we'll tell you what that is and why in just a moment. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. Like Lindsay uh, hinted at earlier, they have lines for everything. It's crazy. It's ridiculous. They've already got some lines up for individual games next season. So be sure to check that out as well. They're your continued source for all your wagering, uh, sports wagering information, live betting with Major League Baseball, a ton. A ton of stuff, even esports, if you're into that sort of thing. So check all of that out at BetOnline, where the game starts. Lindsay, I think the most interesting thing to happen with Media Days this week is probably happening today. With SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey kicking the thing off, there are so many things that I believe he either has to address on his own in his opening statement and his presentation, or he will be asked about early and often. So... The, the first thing is he will give, I think, he will give a recap on the spring meetings of all the SEC coaches where it sounds like the biggest conversation point was scheduling and what the conference will look like moving forward with Texas and Oklahoma coming into it. So we haven't really heard anything official. It's all been through reports and through sources, but 
why did they not come to an agreement on what the scheduling options were? Other conferences have done that, the ACC most notably. And so why did the SEC not do that? I think he will give some, shed some light on that, which will be fun and interesting. He has to talk about NIL. I'm sure he will share some statistics about how the SEC, I assume, leads in NIL. Um, I don't know how they can prove that and how much they're allowed to say with some of that stuff, but he will give some information in regards to that. And I think just their stance on conference realignment, realignment, excuse me. This time a year ago is when Texas and Oklahoma came into the league. He's got to talk about that to some extent, I believe. Um, And then, you know, with things happening with the Big Ten and the Big 12 and the Pac-12, where does the SEC stand with a lot of this? We got an anonymous source from an anonymous uh, athletics director last week through Saturday Down South saying that the SEC is good with 16 once Texas and Oklahoma come into the league. Will Sankey talk on that at all? So which of those topics do you think will be most interesting for him to shed some light on later today? So I think the big thing for me, what I'm going to be watching for, is the conference realignment. And part of that, I think that partly ties into the scheduling stuff. I have the theory, because if you look at the timelines for everything, everybody's making their moves to their new conferences sooner than Texas and Oklahoma are. And so, including the replacement teams coming in to replace Texas and Oklahoma. So part of me thinks the reason it wasn't resolved at the spring meetings is because there's currently either about to be or there is some, some sort of litigation trying to get those teams removed early. And so rather than announce a format, they're waiting. They were they were thinking they were closer to getting that resolved than they expected. Because I don't think any of us expect 2025 to actually be the date with which they start playing in the SEC. I agree. And, and so I think part of the reason the scheduling wasn't solved was that. But I would be interested to hear his thoughts on the realignment, the expansion, how other, what other conferences are doing, and what the SEC is looking at, I think we'll get a little, not a candid answer, but I think he'll probably drop a little nugget of there are programs that we would be interested in if we were to f- expand down the line. I don't think he'll give a time frame to it. I don't expect he'll name names, but I can just see the pieces now. The writing, the 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 all the written work coming out during the talking season about oh, if the SEC were to add four teams, who would it be? And all right. the speculation that's going to be a big thing. Uh, I'm personally most interested, this is just me, not the average person. I'm most interested in the conversation around NIL because I do think that that's one of the bigger changes to the way that the sport has worked in a recent history. And so I'm curious to see what he has to say about that and if there's any comment about how it's different on a state-to-state basis. And how some of this stuff is different and how NIL started off as Bo Nix doing a Bojangles ad and it, or a Milo Sweet Tea ad. And it's now become collectives playing, paying every player on the roster. And now that the NCAA is looking into some, th- some of those deals, if there's some conversation of, of, from him about their thoughts on NIL and how it could be like what it could be in the future and then Mm -hmm. how it might need to be changed to accommodate the different laws across the conference, as well as what the NCAA is investigating versus they don't, what they don't care about. 
Yeah, there's always a talking point that takes over over the course of the week, and it usually stems from this first day. So we'll see what happens with Sankey's remarks, but I think that's really going to set the tone for the entire week. Um, I, I didn't tell you to prep for this, but if you had to prep for some kind of big news to break during this week, do you have any inkling of what it could be? I think there's a chance that, that you kind of already hinted at it, I think there's a chance that we get some sort of leaked, perfectly timed nugget about like Texas and Oklahoma coming into the league earlier. I I think if I had to predict some big bombshell to drop this week, that would be it. Yeah, that's my prediction as well. If there's if there's something that drops, and maybe just Sankey just casually throws it out on the desk during his opening statement about they've resolved the litigation issues with the with the other conference and. Texas and Oklahoma will be competing in 2024 or 23. You know, that's the thing that I would expect. Right behind that, I would expect if there was some sort of big news to drop, something about um, the SEC has spoken to other teams about joining the conference and nothing's, you know, nothing's done, but, and maybe even a rumor that here's a team, like a name of a team, you know, a Clemson, a Florida State, or something that was actually rumored to be coming. So, those are the the two that I would handicap there. Um, that's I can't think of anything else that would be super huge other than that. Uh, personally, I'd yeah. love for them to leak the rumor that they're moving the SEC baseball tournament out of Hoover because it rains every every year and ruins the whole thing and you play sure. till three in the morning. But that's just me. That's just what I think about. Right. Right. Oh, you're uh, you're the baseball guy, Lindsay. How can people um, check out everything you did with the major league? Uh, baseball draft that is still happening uh, currently. Uh, how can they find all of that and as well as uh, your Auburn work too? All right. So all of the MLB draft stuff is pro- is mostly on Twitter and YouTube. So my pod locked on MLB prospects. We went live last night to recap the first day of the draft. Right. We'll have shows dropping on Monday and on Tuesday. Um, it's on YouTube, locked on MLB prospects, as well as wherever you get your podcasts. All of the Auburn-related stuff, whether it's Auburn players getting drafted, scouting reports on the draft eligibles, things like that, that's at AuburnDaily.com. Um, I expect some Auburn players to get drafted today on Monday in day two. If that's the case, I'll come back on here and we'll talk for a few minutes about those guys and where they're going. Sure. But if you have any questions about how the draft works or any of that, great stuff over at AuburnDaily.com. And then the merch yes. for our, these players getting drafted, AUShirts.com. Yeah, ton of stuff. So be sure to check all of that out. You can find all my written work at auburndaily.com and we will be dropping content on both the Lockdown Auburn podcast feed and the YouTube feed all throughout the week. We'll see you when we see you right here on Locked on Auburn.